Hello and welcome to another episode of the Absolute Undeletable Podcast. I'm your host, Niraj Anachatre, Senior Technical Product Marketing Manager at Absolute. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how your organization can better understand, take advantage of, and implement a zero-trust security strategy in today's work-from-anywhere world. Joining me today to discuss the topic of zero trust is my colleague and cybersecurity evangelist, Torsten George. Torsten, welcome. Thanks for having me, Niraj. Now, zero trust dominates many conversations in the cybersecurity world. However, the term is rarely fully understood. Thus, it might make sense for you, Torsten, to to quickly talk a bit about what zero trust stands for and why is it so uh, so highly needed in today's world. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad to share some details on how Zero Trust came about and, and really address some of the common misconceptions that exist out there. So we have to understand uh, this is not something new. It's not a new concept. Zero Trust uh, has been around since 2010 when it was introduced by Forrester Research in collaboration with the National Institute of Standards and Technology. So they were working on a project uh, where they researched kind of companies after they became victim of a cyber attack. And then Forrester analyst John Kinderdeck really concluded based on the research that they conducted that inherent trust assumption and traditional security models leave organizations vulnerable to external and internal attacks. And When we look back at that age, we were all thinking about, hey, we can build up this border, this parameter defense, and everybody that's outside of our corporate walls is the enemy, and anybody inside our walls is is a trusted uh, individual. But obviously, things have changed, and and, uh, also the approach has changed. And so zero trust is really a security concept centered on the belief that organizations should not inherently trust entities inside or outside its parameters and really instead should verify all requests to connect to its systems before granting access. And the original concept of zero trust was very data-centric, network-centric from its uh, approach and, and really recommended micro-segmentation to enforce more granular rules and ultimately limit lateral movements uh, by attackers. Obviously, since its inception, the concept uh, of zero trust and its benefits have evolved significantly. And nowadays, zero trust is being used by many organizations to drive strategic security initiatives and enable business decision makers and IT leaders to really implement pragmatic prevention, detection, and and response measures. Understood. Um, So as you mentioned, um, the environment has changed quite dramatically since the zero trust concept was introduced first, um, especially when it comes to the new work from anywhere era. How did the zero trust model account for these changes? Very good question. I mean, the biggest evolution of the zero trust model was really documented in a 2019 Forrester research report that they titled Zero Trust Extended Ecosystem. And that extended the original view beyond its network focus to really also encompass today's ever expanding attack surface, uh, which now includes elements 
like not just networks where you segment and isolate and control the network, but also the data. How do I secure and manage data? How do I categorize and develop data classification schemers and encrypt uh, data that's both at rest and in transit? But then also with the advent of, of cloud adoption, we have seen now workloads that require protection. So here you want to apply zero trust controls to the entire application stack covering the app layer through hypervisor or self-contained components of processing, be it containers or virtual machines. Another big component, which kind of has replaced the pen that we use to write on paper, are devices. So how do I isolate, secure, and always control every device on the network? And then most importantly, it's, it's about people. Some people call it identities. So how do we limit and strictly enforce the access of users and secure those users? And so applying security controls to each of these elements really provides a roadmap to zero trust. Got it, understood. Uh, Now, based on what you shared with us, uh, there seems to be many starting points on the path to zero trust. What one driving principle would you say, uh, or do you recommend to our audience to determine the priority of implementation? Well, I I try to keep it simple. And in that context, I would say, think like an attack. So the tactics, the techniques, and the procedures, which is often called TTPs, that uh, really cyber adversary leverages should really drive your priorities. So let's take an example. The easiest way for cyber attackers to gain access to sensitive data is by compromising a user's identity. In fact, 80% of security breaches involve privileged credentials, according to Forrester Research. And furthermore, post-mortem analysis has repeatedly found that compromised credentials are subsequently used to establish a beachhead on end-user endpoints be it desktops, laptops, or mobile devices. And they typically serve as the main point of access to an enterprise network. So it's not surprising that a recent Ponemon Institute survey revealed that 68% of organizations suffered a successful endpoint attack within the last 12 months. So to really limit organization cyber risk exposures, to the tactics, techniques, and procedures that uh, are kind of being used by the attackers, uh, especially when it comes now to the anywhere workforce, uh, organization really should consider applying best practices uh, to their security strategy. And so in this context, it's about maintaining a trusted connection with endpoints to really detect any type of unsafe behaviors or conditions that could put sensitive data at risk. And that should really include maintaining granular visibility and control over the endpoint hardware, the operating system, the applications that reside on that endpoint, as well as the data that's gathered on the device. And then Obviously, you want to make the device resilient, meaning you should implement self-healing capabilities for the device, its mission-critical security controls, and the productivity applications. The second thing that organizations should consider is to ensure that endpoint misconfigurations are automatically repaired when possible. They should not simply assume that 
their security controls and all the management tools that they might use are always functioning as intended. So they need to use technology that helps make visible the efficacy of these controls, but at the same time also helps uh, making those controls resilient. And then when we talk endpoint is just one point, correct? I wouldn't be able to do anything with the endpoint if I wouldn't connect to a network. And so it's very important also to monitor network connectivity, its status, the security posture, and then really take any potential threat exposures into account um, to enforce acceptable use via, for instance, dynamic web folders. And last but not least, another best practice that, that our audience should consider is enforcing dynamic contextual network access policies to grant access for people, devices, or applications. And that means decoupling from the traditional approach of username and password. And it's really entailing things like analyzing your device posture, your application health, your network connection security, uh, things like the day uh, that something happens, the time that something happens, the geolocation, all of these things should be taken into account when granting access and, and really enforcing this at the endpoint rather than via centralized proxy is, is very important. Understood, yeah, thanks for the practical advice. Um, do you have any other tips or tricks uh, to share with our audience as it relates to zero trust? Well, I mean, zero trust is is a framework. It's a it's a mindset that you should apply across your organization. As and with any framework, it's it's not bulletproof, correct? Um, any practitioner listening to this podcast, you know, there's no hundred percent protection, and zero trust helps with minimizing an organization's risk exposure. But you should not make them mistake to misjudge the efficacy of zero trust technology that you can purchase out in the market because uh, when you take post-mortem analysis of cyber attacks it often reveals that the tools and software meant to, pro to protect against these type of incidents are frequently impacted by faulty implementation software collision human errors i mean there are users out there that just remove application and they don't know what impact it has. There's normal decay, and then there's malicious actions. Most attackers to operate under the radar screen, they first turn off all the security controls before they really start uh, putting a lot of work into uh, attacking the organization. And so that's that's something that, that people need to keep in mind. Um, uh, that they need to not just ensure that they apply zero trust principle, but making those principles resilient. Understood. Um, and so what can organizations do to avoid uh, this pitfall? It really becomes essential to ensure that any zero trust technology used is resilient to external factors. Uh, ultimately, cyber resilience is the only way to guarantee true zero trust. So when implemented properly, resilience or trust becomes a preventive measure that counteracts human error, malicious actions, and decayed and secure software. I see. Well, thanks, Torsten. Thanks uh, very much for joining me today and sharing more details about zero trust and the concept of cyber resilience. 
Are there any other materials that our audience could use to learn more about this topic? I think it's perfect timing. We just released a mini white paper that is titled The Value of Zero Trust in the Work from Anywhere World. And it really captures all the points that we covered in today's podcast and provides insights into the current state of endpoints and network access, which can really help our audience to find support to drive their resilient zero trust strategy internally. So the white paper is available in the research section of our website and, and is freely accessible. Got it. Well, thanks again, Torsten, and a big thank you to our audience for listening to this installment of the Absolute Undeliable podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information we shared, and uh, I'm looking forward to connecting with you in the near future. All the best.